Hanson. I just texted you a video. I definitely don't want the video posted because it's of my kids, but I'd like the audio for at some point. It's my, um, I got two kids, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, and the six-year-old has got a number of uh, um, emotional, brainal, I don't know, we're still trying to figure out what it is, challenges that are really uh, trying for him and the whole family, but uh, that that's not my point. He, um... Uh, he want, he really likes punk music. He's he he's he's a he's a really wound up kid with a lot of anger uh, over a variety of things. Um, he has sensory processing disorder, so the whole world makes him uncomfortable. And uh, I think that's what he likes about punk music. He likes angry music. So he and his brother were doing a band yesterday, and he wanted me to hook up my microphone. So I got out my big PA speakers from when I was in a band and hooked up his microphone. His brother was playing the drums, and he started singing a song that he just made up out of an hour. And the most interesting thing, and this is not a, my kid's going to be a singing star. No, that's not it at all. It's just the uh, the amount of uh, enthusiasm and anger he brings to this song for a child is really quite amazing. So let me know when you can turn that around, Hanson, because uh, that's, wow. And I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if I should be proud, excited, or, or just scared to death over this performance. So I'll play that for you later. Maybe you can tell me. Is it an angry version of Wheels on the Bus? <laughs> no, he made up his own song. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Wheels on the Bus! They go round and round, don't you know? With the brother on the drums, too. That's a uh, brother that's, on the drums. That's some good stuff. And at the end of the song, he says thank you, and his brother throws his drumsticks. Yes! That's what, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Um, What was I doing? Oh, Joe's got jury duty today, so he is uh, he is not here. And um, I can't wait to hear about that when it's finally uh, all done, because there are always interesting stories that come out of, you know, serving on a jury, being involved in the judicial system. I've got some great stories being involved in the judicial system for for somebody that committed a crime against us and how that has all turned out. I'm going to wait until it's all completely done and the sentencing and all that sort of stuff before I talk about it. But I, I don't know how many of you listening my whole life. I've never been involved in the uh, in the whole system. I just. I've never been arrested. I'd never had a crime committed against me where you ended up actually with a trial and all that sort of stuff. And uh, you get into it, and it's interesting and confusing. And and some parts are cool, and some parts are maddening, and it's not like it looks on television. Yeah, I've been at all. called in for, I've been summoned to jury duty, I think, three times. But I've never even gotten past the waiting room, the little right. the, the raffle to even get into the selection right. process. I, I at least wanted to make it in there. I was curious to see, well, how does how does this all go? I made it in the room one time, and then they started asking questions, and... They just got know, one look at you and said, well, you can just go. Pretty much. <laughs> Seattle police are now seizing guns under a new mental health law. We'll talk about that later also. Maybe we should get uh, some expert on about that. This was discussed a lot after the horrifying shooting in Florida. Can you take guns from people who uh, have some mental health problems. Well, you can in Seattle right now, and the police have started doing that. You've got a mental health issues. We're taking your gun away from you. How does that square with the Second Amendment? Who decides you have mental health problems? What mental health problems count? If I go in and say I've been depressed lately, uh, do you get to take my gun away? These are all tough questions. We all, We all would like crazy people like that, kid in florida to not have guns there's no doubt about that but man you could get out of control with that real real quick did you listen to the show at all while you were sick sean 
No, I, get, I wouldn't. If I, I, were I you. get too. It makes me sad. It makes you sad. I don't get to play. Oh yeah, I understand. Like, it's like it's. I feel like I'm I'm in a glass box watching my friends play. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, but we were talking yesterday about the um, the crazy shooter in Florida. The number of love letters he's getting from 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 women oh, across yeah. the country. Um, sexy letters, sexy pictures. You're so cute. Would you be my boyfriend? Here's my boobs. You know, that stuff just, what the freak is wrong with people? As Joe said, those, you got You can't let those people vote or participate in any polling information. Holy crap. They're off the reservation. Yeah. Those stories are simultaneously very disappointing. And I think it's important to remember that those people exist. Like that, like that, that's a person walking around, somebody who had this reaction to the story. Oh, you know what? His eyes are dreamy. Let me send him a letter. That's a person walking around. That's a person you might work with. Yep. That's a person that uh, that votes, that gets interviewed on the street of what do you think of the new tax policy? That person is out there who sends love letters to to psycho killers and, and, and says, would you go out with me? I mean, it's just, the, I tell people this all the time. The most interesting thing that has happened to me from having this job is finding out how many crazy people there are in the world that are. Hi. <laughs> What's that? Uh, just hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that I work with, but especially when we used to take calls, but just letters we get, that sort of stuff. There are so many crazy people that are not, um, you know, under the care of the state or something like that. They're just like, well, like Sean just said, they're working. They live in an apartment. They have a home. They have a driver's license, and they're just completely fruitless. Huh, so that's how you process that information. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a lot more than you think. I still don't have any sense of if it's one in a hundred or one in ten thousand. I mean, I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have an ability to that. But there's way more than I thought. And then I got to thinking one time. Uh, I've, I've been living in the rural areas now for quite a while. But when I lived in a cul-de-sac, in our cul-de-sac there was. I don't know, count to this cul-de-sac. It was a two cul-de-sacs came together as 25 houses or whatever. I knew, um, of those 25 houses, I knew uh, 10 of them. I knew by name, you know, husband, wife, whatever, kids, whatever like that. Maybe five of them, I, you know, I knew when I saw them, but didn't know them by name. And then there are probably another three or four houses. Now, I never thought about it, but I've never seen anybody come in or out of that house. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they look like. There could be an illegal pie gal ring going on in the basement <laughs> right. there. You have no I, idea. I know nothing about a couple of the houses that I lived next to for years. Somebody lives there. There's a car there now and then. I see the garage up and down maybe, but I know nothing about it. I'm thinking those are the crazy people that live amongst us that uh, that send love letters to killers or or send crazy writing postcards to radio shows. I'm thinking that's where those people live. I don't know it, but I don't know. Look a lot, Look around you where you live. Do you know everybody in all the houses? Or are there a couple of houses in your neighborhood where you don't know anything about them? Those are the crazy now, people. Now, clearly not everybody who's an introvert falls into that category. No, but absolutely it's not. certainly hard to resist. Like, hey, I wonder if or that's I, the... Even as an introvert, and I'm an introvert, when I lived alone... You would you'd see me out mowing the lawn now and then. Right, I'll give right. you a wave if you drive by and you wave at me. I'm not coming over. I'm not inviting you over for a Fourth of July picnic. Right. I'm not doing any of that stuff. But you know, you'd be aware of my existence. But the 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 house, you just do. What's going on in there? There was a car there. Now it's not there. Well, the garbage cans go out every week, but I never see anybody Exa- take them. Exactly, exactly. And you and you hope it's not one of those. 
they got 10 kids and aren't feeding them or anything horrifying like that. It's probably just they're alone, number of cats, um, and, and, and sending off crazy letters to politicians. They're those people. That's where they live. Um, what I want to get to next, I thought this was really interesting. A lot of people retire, about a third of people retire, then go back to work. And it's not because of money for most of them. It's because retirement ain't what you think it's going to be. Now, this is not named at uh, the older crowd that is retired or about to retire. I think retire. I think this is aimed at the rest of us who are a long ways away from retirement. Just it might not be what we're picturing, and maybe we should plan differently for that. Uh, you can only lay around and watch TV so much. You think you'd like to do it all the time? Maybe you wouldn't. Got some examples of that and some statistics coming up. Maybe your um, experience with that on the text line at 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. We have a little more on the Sinclair Broadcasting story, the script that was read and the way people are reacting to that. Got a little more on the shooting in Sacramento, a little bit. Another wrinkle in that coming up. So stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of the nation. Snorting challenge is a thing on YouTube right now. I don't know if you're aware of that. As uh, mostly young people, but people in general keep coming up with <laughs> crazier and crazier things to challenge themselves on, including things that regularly kill you or poison you. Now it's the condom challenge. Hey, hey kids, don't don't snort condoms. So this is what you do. You or, take or you don't do. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to do it. But you you take a condom. You snort it up through your nose, then pull the other end out your mouth. Yeah. It was... You cough it out your mouth. I, I know how this works because my brother, military guy, apparently this was a thing among his friends anyway in the military. You take your dog chain, you mm. stick the dog chain in your, your nose, you mm. cough it out your mouth, and then you call it brain flossing. You run it back and forth like this. My, uh... <laughs> I know. It's tough to hear, isn't it, Michael? When I, was I, can't, I can't take it. <laughs> And it was kind of a tough guy thing, I think, for the for the military well, that's like guys. A weird little like ball chain thing. Though. That's got some weird <laughs> abrasiveness to it. Oh. I remember seeing something similar, but it was done with a piece of like wet spaghetti, which seemed oh. much easier yeah. than these other options. But anyway, the condom challenge, and there are people doing that on YouTube videos, and do that or don't. Air goes into your nose. Nothing else. Yes. And Maybe uh, some nasal spray if you're decongested. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's that. I uh, thought this was, was an interesting article. Many Americans try retirement, then change their minds. I don't have any experience with retirement. I hope I get to someday, although I had my children late in life, so I may be working until the moment that I just die somewhere, um, carrying groceries out to someone's car or something. I just die. Um, but I do know from uh, from my dad retiring and from some other people I've known who retired, it's it's not as easy as you think it might be. And it's worth thinking about, you know, much earlier in life of uh, of where you want to go. And instead of just picturing, oh my God, it'll be great when I quit. I'm just going to sit on a lawn chair and uh, you know, and and with a cold drink in my hand. Well, apparently, according to people I know, it's not as easy to do that as you think. 
Yeah, and then after those 30 minutes, what do you do? Exactly. So I'll read a little from this uh, New York Times article. Um, this particular woman they focus on to start with is a nurse. Uh, she retired, finally, at the age of 66. Um, she had uh, They paid off their mortgage on their three-bedroom ranch, and they took a week's trip to Hilton Head, South Carolina, to celebrate their impending freedom from having to work. The retirement lasted about three months. I'd done all the preparation except to really think about what life was going to be like. We went on vacation. Uh, I spent time organizing my recipes and photos. I did some lunching with friends. And then I realized this is incredibly boring. I can't do this anymore, and I need to do something else. And then she ended up going back to work at the same place she left when they had a part-time opening come up. Economists refer to this sort of U-turn as unretirement. There's something called partial retirement with a lot of what a lot of people do. We've had people do this around the radio station where they go from working a full time job to now you come in a couple of days a week and work a few hours. Um, but uh, unretirement is where you actually completely retired and then you go back to work. It's becoming more common. Economists are really good at economy, but bad at naming things. <laughs> unretirement is not a good name for this. Yeah, you thought they could come up with something better. Uh, almost 40% of workers over 65 had pre- previously at some point been fully retired. And I assume for a lot of those people, they thought, this is going to be awesome. I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And then you think, eh, it's not quite what I thought it was going to be. And a uh, few of them, according to the statistic, is it be- just because of money that mainly drove them back? We asked people over 50 who weren't working or looking for a job whether they'd return if the right opportunity came along. About half said yes, and not because of money. It looks like it's something people are doing intentionally instead of an, oh, my God, I'm running out of money. It's more about a choice of uh, what do I want to live? I, and people use uh, uh, phrases like I need the social engagement of being around workers as opposed to just, just my wife and husband or neighbors, um, feeling like I have a purpose in life. All the things that I think you can imagine. Feeling like you're contributing to society. Joe and I lost our job in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm sorry to hear that. We uh, <laughs> This was 22 years ago. Oh, this isn't like a current yeah. thing. Okay. 20, 20 years ago. And a uh, really cool job and a really cool place to live. And we were we were young and ambitious and all that sort of stuff. And the, the station changed format and all these different things happened. And, uh, and we had 90 days um, uh, payment. They were going to pay us for 90 days. Now, Joe had two young kids, and so his, his situation was a lot different than mine in terms of uh, financial stress and just, you know, time. You get two young kids, you, you have no free time to worry about what am I going to do. But I was a, a swinging single guy, no kids, no, no wife, no nothing. And I experienced this at the age of 20-whatever I was, 30, I guess, Um it was fun for like a week, but uh, you know, all my friends had jobs, and uh, you can't go out and get drunk every night. I mean, you can, but it's not as fun as it sounds. And uh, very quickly is like, okay, I uh, so I get up at noon, and then I'm going to okay fill in the blank here. What are we going to do today? And uh, it 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 wore out damn fast, like like really fast, and just your feeling of. I, I don't know if you can if you can imagine what your feeling of purpose is that you get from from your job until it's gone, but you just like what am I your 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 identity? Maybe that's it. My identity is I don't want my identity to be um, I'm a nothing. I take a lot of naps. I watch a lot of TV, 
Now, some people from observation are perfectly fine with having that identity as I look around the country. There are some people that are perfectly fine with my identity as I get a check from the government and watch a lot of TV. But I think for most of us, it just, it, man, it wore off really, really fast. And uh, I think about that with retirement. And I know my dad, he, he went back to, he was mowing lawns at the golf course there for years. Did a couple other things after he retired. But, uh, because you, you got to have something to do. You got to have something to do. A lot of people get into charity. Yeah, I, I notice with uh, certain members of uh, a couple of my uncles and stuff, they needed to, you know, when they, they got to, they needed to re-remember their hobbies. Like, what, are, what, what do I do for fun? Like, what is, what is the, the thing that I can do now? Just to have a thing, like sometimes it's golf, or sometimes you know it's you know restoring old cars or something. But yeah, I, I see a lot of people, and and a hobby may be too glib of a a way to describe it, but I think it's really important to have things that you enjoy doing that you can continue to do. Um, and uh, it's 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 a really difficult thing when you when you don't have your your purpose in i.e. your job. And you don't have the hobbies of the things that bring you enjoyment. Got to have a hobby. I remember my, my uncle uh, asking my dad, so his brother was asking him, what are you going to do? You don't golf, you don't fish. What are you going to do? Because my dad's not really a hobby guy. Horse riding became his thing. Hanson, you were recently unemployed. Did you have that experience? I had the exact opposite experience. You I was, loved it. I was semi-retired yeah. for about three months. Semi-retired, yes. Semi-retired. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. But you got kids, I, though, so that, yeah. that you, you have a purpose. Yeah. Maybe if you got kids, that go, you know that, that problem goes out the window. I could believe that. Well, I, I got a purpose every day with my kids. I got to tell you, one time after I lost my job at a major L.A. radio station... I was uh, talking to some people, and uh, I actually said, you know, I used to be Marshall Phillips. And I went, whoa, okay, that's not good. You're tying up your whole identity with your yeah, job on yeah. the air. Well, well, and I don't think it's just a radio thing. I think yeah. that, I think it, and, you know, especially if you have any level of accomplishment, you were the, you know, sub-regional manager for your division for your auto parts right. store or whatever it is. But that was, you know, who you were. And then you got to figure out when you're not that anymore, right. who are you? right. And um, it's not as easy psychologically as, as you think it would be, apparently, from people I talk to. And I'm just trying to know that going in. I think I have hobbies. Like, I like music. I like various things. But if you don't play golf, if you don't fish, what are you going to do every day? Right, right. Charity is a good one. That'll be give you a heck of a service to others. Yeah, that'll give you a heck mm-hmm. of a lot of purpose. And uh, or some, for some people, they get older. They spend a lot of time with their grandkids. Right. And, I, you know, I uh, enjoy investing in sport. So that's taken up uh, some time. But like Hanson, you got two young kids. Yeah. It's not like you were. It's not like it was leisure all the time. No, and laundry and housekeeping were a big, big part of my and, life, and, and I really enjoyed that time <laughs> doing laundry every day. And he has a particular fondness for uh, daytime judge shows. Like, yes, oh, exactly. Judge Joe Brown, this guy. You know it. This guy doesn't look like he takes right. any nonsense. <laughs> I love the daytime judges. That's that's my that's who I am. Daytime judge person. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump, Twitter targets this morning, caravans of migrants and Amazon. And we got the Sacramento County Sheriff blaming professional protesters for an incident and a demonstration over the police shooting of an unarmed black man. Coming up. So the Sheriff's Department actually calling them out as professional yeah. protesters. Interesting. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I wish I could put those back-to-back with my kid. That'd be pretty good contrast. Ways to sing. Um, uh, duh. Yeah. 
So we'll get all of that stuff coming up. We're gonna we had a guest on the other day, a guy who's an expert in police shootings. Right. He's he's been involved in a whole bunch of investigations, testified that sort of thing. He looks at videos, takes in evidence, decides if the police were right or wrong. Blah blah blah. He's done hundreds and hundreds of those. We had him on the other day, and all of you said the same thing. You needed to have him on longer because there were you know things we didn't get to. Right. We're gonna do uh, a little more uh, with the gentleman coming up next hour. Heck of an interesting conversation. Whether it's the Sacramento police shooting or just in general across this country, problem that has to be dealt with. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is tweeter-targeting a migrant caravan of more than 1,000 Central Americans heading to the U.S. He wrote this morning, The big caravan of people from Honduras now coming across Mexico and heading to our weak laws border. It better be stopped before it gets there. The president adding, Cash cow NAFTA is in play, as is foreign aid to Honduras and the countries that allowed this to happen. Congress must act now. All in caps. Can I hear Caravan from Van Morrison at some point? I keep thinking of that song every time I hear about the caravan. I don't know exactly what defines a caravan, um, but this has been going on. This is at least the fifth year in a row of doing this. Why is he getting so much more attention this year? Because I think Trump is making a big deal out of it this year. You know, he's he's the one who... It sounds like something that should have been made a big deal Mm -hmm. out of years previously. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, if you have an organization that's point is we want to abuse... Your immigration laws, so we're bringing all these people in from Central and South America. Right. That seems like a legitimate story. Meanwhile, Trump has been tweeting about some other things, targeting Amazon once again, tweeting, quote, I am right about Amazon costing the United States Post Office massive amounts of money for being their delivery boy. Amazon should pay these costs plus and not have them borne by the American taxpayer. Many billions of dollars. Post Office leaders don't have a clue. Or do they, question mark. So Trump going after, again, I guess the big contracts that Amazon has signed with the post office to deliver parcels. Seems like a personal beef. I'm not sure America is um, rising to his uh, to his side on this one. Personal beef with Bezos? Or yeah. the post office? I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> County Sheriff Scott Jones says an investigation is underway right now after a sheriff's patrol vehicle struck a protester, and then drove away on Saturday night. Now, Jones released dash cam video from a couple of patrol vehicles on the scene, both surrounded by protesters, and talked about the one in question. The deputy continued to, uh, forward without any apparent indication or awareness that he had struck her. There was no audible acknowledgement of any kind and no change whatsoever in his movement forward. Now, the video showed a group of what the sheriff called professional protesters and instigators surrounding those vehicles. There are paid protesters and paid people to instigate, just as there are paid folks that monitor protest and video camera for their own purposes. I said the group was not part of larger protests that evening. People had taken to the streets to demonstrate against the police shooting of the unarmed black man, Stefan Clark. Part of the video that was shot the night that the car drove through the crowd and nicked this woman was recorded and released. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Now, you use the term nicked. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? From what I can tell, I've seen various uh, descriptions, but it was slow moving. And one of the most recent descriptions I read was she was nicked and went to the hospital, treated and released. So her injuries are obviously quite minor. 
Apparently her lawyers, though, are looking over saying she suffered a lot of psychological damage after this. <laughs> oh, good lord. So the lawyers so are like on the, it. I like, didn't we know it was the lawyer that was holding the cell phone I, and the I am screaming? not. I am not absolutely positive, okay. but I had heard a report on that, too. Here, here again, really quickly. Sean, you have a skeptical look on your face. That's like a live chat. Like anytime, hey, let's go live. We'll check in with the internet. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's that, that's the internet twenty four seven. I well, I I don't know that this is what happened, but if you are going to contrive someone getting run over by a car and wanted to get it on videotape and make a big deal out of it, it would sound exactly like what you just played. Um, and the injuries that ended up, you know, being what are reported, minor injuries. So she gets in front of a barely moving car while he's got his cell phone out, and then he screams like this. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, my gosh! I, I, I've watched the video several times. I mean, if I had been there and glanced over and saw that, I wouldn't have screamed like that. I wouldn't have screamed. Oh, oh, oh my man. Oh, hey, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe that, maybe not even that, but that at the outmost. Um, certainly, it's certainly not that. That leads you to believe there she is on the ground, head here, body there, blood everywhere. Right. <laughs> a Monty Python right. sketch. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and you, you viewed it. I viewed it as well. And I mean, again, it's like handshaking. And it's, it's kind of hard to make out, but it sure. wasn't like a car plowing through the De- crowd. Definitely not. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Now, if if I were standing sideways, didn't see a car coming, it could be going very slow, hit against my knee, my knee go out, and it would freaking hurt like crazy. Right, right. But watching it, I don't think I would. Oh, my God! All right. We know what this is, I think. All right, as far as the world of sport, Villanova rules men's college basketball. The Wildcats winning the NCAA men's title for the second time in three years last night. Routing Michigan 79-62 in San Antonio. Jim Nance with the final. What a great team we witnessed in this tournament tonight. The Nova Nation has another national championship. Nice of him to break out of his usual lullaby cadence for about three and a half words as he announces the winner of the championship game of all of college basketball. Jim Nance, the most bland man in all of broadcasting. How has he uh, risen to such uh, heights? Because uh, he he is Captain, he's smooth, just smooth. He sounds good, right? Like you yeah. think, like oh, hello, friends. I got this really <laughs> soothing. You know, he's got a voice like you know, like a like a velvet robe. But the, the man has the man has no excitement. He's absolutely bland. When he orders food, he like for dinner, he orders just chicken a chicken breast boiled, nothing on it. I, I want I want uh, a toast dry. Spaghetti, a, no sauce, and a glass of water. Yeah, uh. no ice, just bland, flavorless. That—that's me, Jim Nance. Went to the bedroom for missionary sex with our socks on, then we'll call it or night. Well, are, are, is that the lights on? You know, we turn that off here. I'm Jim Nance. I'm very I bland. I don't know why we got into Jim Nance's bedroom. I don't know about him and his wife, Mrs. Nance. I don't, I don't know oh, what they're doing. Boy. Anyway. Jim Nance, the velvet robe. I like that. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. Squeeze the bird. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich dry. Sir, that's just two pieces of bread. You heard me. (laughs) That's Jim Nance. Uh, So a little more on the Sinclair controversy. They own television stations all across America. They had all their anchors read this same script. That The script itself seems pretty innocuous. But is there something behind it we should all be scared of? 
This is a good tune, Caravan. I assume all these uh, Hondurans are singing this song as they walk across America, uh, uh, Mexico, headed toward our border. You ever meet Van Morrison? Seems like the sort of person you would have met. I, I have met Van Morrison. I yeah, met his daughter a couple of times in Marin <laughs> County as well. You dated her, huh? No, no, go. no. We were friends. There you Acquaintances. Go. There you go. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> so the Sinclair uh, fluff, uh, we'll get into that a little more. The other side of it. Uh, well, we'll try to see if there's anything to it. And then again, uh, Ed Obiashi again to talk about police shootings. He is an expert. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Remember when Trump called African countries holes? Well, this was Boris's hot take. Media outlets such as CNN are cursing up a storm. Not only are the anchors on the networks cursing left and right using the word, it has been written in bold letters across their screens. President Trump said the word once in a private meeting. How is it okay to repeat it and splash it on the screen hundreds of times? I believe that makes no sense. People were not upset that Trump used a bad word. They were upset that he used his racist brain and mouth. If Trump had called Haiti, El Salvador, and Africa dope-ass places from which we should totally welcome a ton of mother immigrants, I don't think anyone would have been offended by his vulgarity. So that's John Oliver, who has a show on HBO where he goes over the news of the week, and apparently he has been... That's an example of him complaining about some of the commentary on a Sinclair um, uh, television outlet. Sinclair is in the news this week. Maybe you've seen the video or heard the clip. Do we have that available where the um, uh, anchors across the country on all the different Sinclair stations are reading from the script? We're extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS 4 News produces. But we are concerned about plaguing our country. So the point of that is um, uh, that the stations across the country, and Sinclair is a uh, media giant. I, I was not aware of that. I mean, I've heard of Sinclair Broadcasting. I'm in the industry, but I didn't know how big they were. They've got 173 TV stations in 81 markets coast to coast and um they're a conservative leaning outlet i'll take this thing here's word for it though people regularly don't describe msnbc or the washington post or whatever as liberal leaning outlets um this one is apparently a conservative leading outlet and they read that script and that has gotten a lot of attention and people some people are referring to that as we have state-run media in the in the trump era or it's trump tv and and how dangerous this is for society and the sort of thing that you see in the Soviet Union. I don't quite get from the statement, we read from the statement earlier in the show, what the problem is with that statement. Maybe you can help me out, Sean. Well, in, with that statement in particular as a single data data point, it, it's not. But when you kind of delve deeper into, well, there's a couple things here. So one is Sinclair is this national corporation funneling this singular voice through the 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 talking heads of local news, right? That Like it's... For some reason, I'm less offended by Fox News and CNN being the national kind of here's the here's the the 
the liberal news, here's the conservative news on a national basis. But when it kind of, when you, when you insert yourself into local news coverage, which is where I think a lot of the most important reporting actually happens and, and occurs, I think that's one thing. And, and it's their quote unquote, these must run pre-produced segments that they hand to these local news things and they say, you must, uh, run these. Yeah. And if, if, for me, who is not a conservative, is it, it is easy for me to say and look at the things that are run that if th- these are not the people that if I was conservative, I would not want these to be the things that are heralded as the ideas that I share. Well, I, I, they, I'm trying to come up with a distinction here between because uh, some of the complaints that we have, we have news outlets that lean one direction or other. Well, yeah, like you just mentioned, yeah, there's there's no surprise to anybody. We have a you know we have a channel that uh, that spent a lot of time trying to bolster any policies of Barack Obama and and now try to take down uh, Trump MSNBC and then you got the reverse perhaps in Fox um, although they're not as clear on Trump because there's a lot of Republicans on Fox that hate Trump but anyway um, in general the difference would be as you said that this comes out of the local television I'm not sure how many people well I'm thinking I'm thinking the vast majority of people when they watch local news have never thought about who owns the local TV station. Um, I'm guessing with this story, that has changed. So now maybe Sinclair TV stations will be seen more as like um, MSNBC or Fox. It's a network with a point of view, because I was unaware of that until this week. Um, the, the existence of, of networks that have a point of view is certainly nothing uh, new or to get excited about. And, and granted, most of my exposure to these Sinclair pieces come from places that are saying this is a bad thing. So they're probably highlighting the most extreme examples right. of well, them. Well, it's quite possible that Sinclair has lots of commentators like the guy they just played that is, you know, way out there on the supporting what Trump says. Um, maybe they do that all the time. I don't know. I don't have the, enough personal knowledge to make a declarative statement. And that statement guy in particular, that. Boris Epstein, he was he used to work for Trump, so there's there's an easy dot to connect there. Sure. Now, then that very well could be, but then they got plenty of people that work for Obama on MSNBC right. and people that work for Bush on Fox. That is not uncommon at all. It is, it is unique, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on our text line, 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. It is unique, I think, that it's coming through uh, individual local stations that belong to one company. That might be a new way of approaching, but other than that, it's you know it's the same thing. It's uh... can I play another example of one of their must-run things? This sure. one's about fifteen seconds long. During his presidential election, oh, this is about Barack Obama. During his presidential election, he wound up with a record-shattering seven hundred and fifty million dollars in his campaign. To this day, he refuses to report from whence it came. One reason might be that some of it originated from the terrorist group Hamas. Okay, so. If 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 all the Sinclair stations had to run that, yeah. and I'm, I'm taking you know other people's word for it because I haven't individu- in, independently verified that, but if they're all if they all have to run that, well then that is more or less a news network along the lines of MSNBC or CNN or Fox. And I'm trying to be very fair, in, which you get to do by the way. Yeah. It's just I didn't know that. And and on the spectrum of conservative champions, right? They, these things are n- not nearly as close to the Brett Bear side of the spectrum, and they seem to be flirting a lot more with the kind of the conspiracy YouTube wormhole side. Uh, yeah, it would be... Con- of, that, of that. that guy would be closer to Sean Hannity, definitely, than yes. Brett Bear, no doubt about it. As would be... I don't know what would be a better example on MSNBC, but... Um, okay, well, so now we know. Uh, Sinclair is, an, is a, is a uh, nationwide network that has a point of view... 
that their local stations uh, are expected to fall in line with. I think that's the public square taking care of the situation. We all now know that. Now, it has been pointed out by others. Rush Limbaugh for years has been chopping together clips that sound a lot like that one we just played of, for instance, MSNBC and CNN and, uh, uh, you know, Face the Nation and Meet the Press, who are all left-leaning, saying exactly the same thing in a couple-a-day period because they're repeating more or less the talking points that came out of the Democratic Party. He's put together those montages for years to show you they act like they just came up with this on Meet the Press or on MSNBC, but they're reading from exactly the same script. Here, I'll play it back-to-back. It's the exact same words. That sort of thing has been happening for a long time. Being made aware of it, I have no problem with that. Then you make your decision, either agree or don't agree, either watch or you don't watch, but I don't know. To me, that's the end of the story. It's interesting that it got focused on this particular script, though, because this particular script is so innocuous. It would have made more sense to me to take, like, the the Barack Obama taking money from Hamas thing. If that was airing all across the country in the Sinclair stations, that would have been a better... The difference was the the Hamas thing was a pre-produced thing. This one, they were making the local TV reporters To make read it theirs. seem yes. like it was individual. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, any t- comments on that? 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. A Republican strategist. He's not a Trump fan. He worked for, I think, Rubio and Jeb Bush. But he has got some warnings for Donald Trump that are pretty interesting. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.